1: welcome to the como sports end zone podcast with como sports director nico Tamurian and naji Moye.
0: welcome to the como sports end
1: zone podcast i'm nico timourian what's up naji nico a lot has changed (laughs) since the last time we spoke last i mean it's so crazy in the world of seattle sports as you know as you as you know obviously nico knows Things can change with the, uh, the drop of a dime. Every passing day, there's a new story. There's, in the past week, there's been several new stories since you even came back from Houston, Nico. <laughs> I mean, what's going on? You came, you you were in Houston and then you came back, and then <coughs> suddenly the, the Hawks need a new coach and the, the Huskies have a new coach. And it's not the guy you were covering.
0: I think that if you look at the last week, I'm not going to like say it's more impactful than like a Super Bowl. Of course not. But if you look at a seven day stretch, where Husky fans had visions of a national championship. Well, they lost that. And then they uh, lost their coach. The Seahawks lost their coach, the Kraken repping here, repping, although the streak is over, did set a franchise record, nine game winning streak to have that all happen in in a few days. And and more so with the coaching changes and most impactfully with Pete Carroll's 14 year tenure being up. It's just, you don't see things happen in that rapid succession like that.
1: You know, I, we, you know, Let's let's give another example here. Um, going way back, we talked about um, Marvel. You want to read comic books, right? Um, there was a, a section in uh, Marvel. We talked about Nick's Fury's big week. That inc- happened uh, with Iron Man happening. Uh, the events of Thor one, and also the the events of the end of Captain America one. Right? Okay. This is Seattle's big week. <laughs> this is Seattle's big week when all heck breaks loose, essentially. And then this—I mean, what happened this week? um Last week and going forward is is just gonna, it's it's gonna snowball into what could be a a new future in Seattle sports. on Montlake, at Renton, there's a there's a lot to go through. Nico, let's just get started. Yeah, I
0: think so. When you look when you look at the Huskies hiring Jed Fish, what's interesting and and what makes that coaching thing and this is obvious so much more impactful is the way the Dogs were in the title game and Kalen DeBoer. had every look of the next Don James on campus, the, the guy that would have the statue next to him and the Husky, and it would just be glorious. And and, and then he bolts for Alabama. And now I'm not going to knock that, you know, it's Alabama. It's one of those jobs, although. Husky it, nation's it, knocking it. No, they should. And they should. They're fans. They should. Right. And I think that what makes it a little more angering is like, we actually juxtaposed this on Como news. Uh, You know, you have DeBoer after the game Monday saying like, you know, we're going to, basically saying that this what we did this year is going to show kids what we can do and we're going to get back to this game next year and then four days later he's like yeah here i'm here in alabama i'm not going to be there for that but good luck you know he's that you he didn't say that but he, he may as well have um i think that's but you know what man like that's the coaching business now and i i hate the way college athletics is going uh where you can do that i mean we finally got something right in paying players for all their hard work but finally um, how long did that take <laughs> Forever. Forever. Um you know, it's what DeBoer did to UW is the same thing Jet Fish did to Arizona and the same thing, presumably, whoever Arizona gets to replace Fish does. Like, it's all a cyclical thing. Eventually, it's going to be like a peewee team somewhere without a coach. But, yeah, um, yeah, I, it's just what it is. But it's a little bit sad. Right. And and I, even if I will talk about Fish in a second here, because I think he I think he's a great hire. It's just uh, – it's crazy the way things are going right now in college sports.
1: I mean, it's its really – it's especially hard to even think of because, you know, when Kalen, Boer, Kalen DeBoer came on, you know, the Huskies were just coming from a very, very – they were driving the struggle bus. You know, you had Jimmy Lake on, on Mont Lake. And, you know, Kalen DeBoer was a known winner from all across college sports. I mean, he's – Indiana, everywhere else, you know. Two great years, one solid year, one super, super great year on Montlake. Lake. I mean, to be honest – if husky fans i'm not saying it it could have been expected his departure but uh, maybe about how quickly i mean i mean sure i think maybe a lot of people kind of saw nick saban as the legend that he is he's 72 years old you know he's he's was more had more years behind him than in front of him as far as coaching um in college sports but i mean and of course that's kind of how it goes you know it's the next man up you know that's how he ended up Coming from LSU, yeah, to Alabama, he had yeah, one in Nadia at LSU. Now, the difference is imagine. I, my question to you, Nico, though, is if uh, UW had beaten Michigan, would we be having this conversation? I think Alabama would have won at
0: DeBoer still. Yeah. Um, I think the dynamic changes. Do you go or not? And maybe you still do. I, I you know. It, if you ask me that point blank point, cuz actually I thought about that last week I would have said no because oh you won the natty. Right. But I also think that DeBoer kind of saw what was happening. You lose Pennix, you lose a Dunesday, you lose a lot of guys. It's not just those two. Right. Um and understanding you're going to the Big 10, you know, regular season games with Michigan, Penn State, um you, you know, still at Oregon is going to be very good obviously and like he saw that and and his stock in my opinion at least for the next couple of years, probably was never going to be high. I was
1: just going to say he sold whenever he, yeah it was, it was going the best.
0: So honestly. you hate to see it, and 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 I'm not going to knock any U Dub fan for being mad because you had something really special and it just gone within a week. And then and and, and then the background of, you know, in Seattle we lost Pete Carroll, and it doesn't sound like it was entirely his call. And you know, you and you mentioned Nick Saban, like you're losing all these coaching legends, you're losing some rising stars. Just a crazy week,
1: but maybe just maybe it's solidified now. Yeah, may, maybe it is. I don't know. I I I, I, I like Jed Frisch. It, it seems like he's got a ton of experience from all NFL I mean he's familiar with Seattle. He was Matt Hauswerk's quarterback coach. Yeah. Um back in the day. I mean, he's 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 got experience from all levels of football, which would be great. Um I am wondering Nico is my question does Troy, Troy did Troy dannon that? Words are hard today. <laughs> you are okay. Did Troy Denon make the right call? I mean, obviously, he, was he the best guy for the job? I, maybe. I mean, I, I think I think he kind of the board Arizona but the same <laughs> way. I mean, Arizona was on a trajectory. You know, they had not a great year two two or three years ago, and then the, the you know the meter was going up for them, and then boom. I think that if
0: Jed Fish stayed at Arizona, they win the Big Twelve next year. Whoa. I I really do. I um, they are
1: moving, aren't they?
0: They're going to the big 12. Everyone's moving. Noah Fafita is fantastic. A lot of people are hoping he comes to Montlake now. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, I think Troy Dannon hit a home run. Yeah. I think fish was the best name. Realistically, he could get, of course, we would have loved Chris Peterson to come out of retirements or Pete Carroll, but like those things weren't realistically
1: going to happen. And, I have my heart set on P Carroll going to It Would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. It would have been a great story. And I I'd think it would have been great.
0: He would have. Yeah. He would have proved a lot of people wrong. Like, hey, I still got it. Yeah. And and I think and he does. And I'm I'm sick to my stomach over the him losing his job. But we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah.
1: Um. Because your choice of words there just now is very interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. I am. I, I. But, Jetfish is the perfect hire at this point. Now you can play this again in like two years, and you can be like, well, you know, he went. Yeah, you went seven and five and seven and five, or and you're not happy with it. That stuff happens. Okay. That's college football, pro football, whatever you want to level you want to talk about. Before the circumstances, Troy Dannon did the absolute best he could do within 48 hours of DeBoer essentially kind of surprising everybody and leaving, despite we're being told a record setting contract being thrown his way essentially about the same money he's making at Alabama we're talking like around nine million a year and he turned it down to go despite all that you know within 48 hours Troy Dannon makes the move he had to make right and not only does he make the move he has to make he makes the move that may very well keep this program on an upward trajectory at least keep them towards the peak of the mountain you're always going to maybe take some kind of step back when you have the season they did and you lose the guys that you did but If you're looking for a guy that is experienced yet still a rising star that has proven himself just as recently as about a month ago that he can win at this level. I mean, it's Jed Fish, and I'm not saying he's the only guy, but I think he's a perfect fit. And don't give me the whole, well, he's gone in two years. Who cares? DeBoer was gone in two years. He went 25 and three. Like who? And you don't know that about Jed Fish. Yeah. I mean, he could be here. For the long haul, for a number of reasons, maybe he really likes it here. He's already spent time in Seattle, as you mentioned on Pete's staff. Maybe it takes a little longer to write this ship, and he, but it doesn't matter. You need to
1: win. That's all that matters. Like you, need, you yeah. know, you need to win. But also, I think Huskies fans are going to remember the Kalen DeBoer situation. Like if he wins too quickly. Are they going to be mentally prepared for him to end up in like Auburn or like LSU or something? If Florida's been,
0: he went to Florida, so it'd be like a dream
1: job. It'd be a dream job, you know. And I'm sure when when you're having interviews, I'm sure things like this kind of come up, you know. Um, I do feel like though he has to he has to work quickly to plug a sinking ship because I'm not sure how many players are on that from that uh, team that got to the Natty are still on that team. I can tell you. It's not very many. well. I want to show a
0: picture here really quick. This this is U Dub posted this on X last night. Yeah, and you know it's uh, Jed Fish meeting everybody, but to the right of him in the white t shirt, that's Will Rogers, the Mississippi State quarterback, yeah. who, as we know, committed under DeBoer to the program, and then he uh, he's back in the transfer portal upon DeBoer's departure, but he's still here in Seattle. Yeah, and he's meeting the new coach and Fish. Gives me the vibes of being a really good recruiter. Right. Um, like I've just seen his videos and I'm like, I want to meet the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he seems I can't like fun. He seems like fun. Yeah. And so I think he's, uh, he's working it. And I think he's I, the one thing with these situations is right off the bat. There's always going to be departures. It's a change. It's coaching change. There's always going right. to be, and it's going to make your fans worry. I mean, a guy like Austin Mack is incredibly talented. He's in the portal right now. And unlimited potential that makes you worry um but fish is a great coach and recruiter in his own right and he's got a plan here
1: it's gonna have to be a plan because this is almost a complete rebuild i feel like i mean yeah you had guys like panics and you guys have like uh, you know who's gonna who's gonna go to the draft as they should they're they'll be playing on sundays they were always gonna be playing on sundays but i mean potentially losing guy uh like will rogers losing a receiver like Jeremy bernard who just you know Threw his name back in the transfer portal. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to leave, definitely. Of sure. course, you know. Um, but, you know, you want some solid ground. Now, I think Washington going to the Big Ten will be great for recruiting. Yeah. Also, um, I think when we look forward into the next year's college football championship or playoff, um, it's not just a four year team playoff anymore, Nico. I mean, the yeah. it may be college football is not. Easy to make the playoff. I mean, 12 teams is much more higher than four. The chances of yeah, getting better are much yeah. better. That's why, you know, a friend and I were talking about, you know, what has to happen? Um, What would you, what would Kalen DeBoer consider success at Alabama in that first year? Well, when you, can, when you consider a, a wider playoff. You have, you may have a lot of Nick Saban's players. You're taking your whole entire staff. I mean, Grubb is actually the offensive coordinator. Right. UW is going to um Alabama. That's another big loss. That was the first person who I was going to yeah. suggest um taking over that. I job was a
0: little him. surprised when Ryan put out that post on X over the weekend. and Was like,
1: yeah, hey, I wanted
0: the job. But I'm not getting the job. I really? Thought, oh yeah, yeah. That was yeah. That's how we knew about it. He just yeah. made this post, and he seemed really emotional for a post like that.
1: Right. So he's going. So he's just going to, I guess, with we'll Talib. It makes for, sense, but it, it, it sounds like sense.
0: he went for the job, and and they opted um, for the experienced head coach, like Fish is.
1: Fish has a lot, and of experience. it makes sense.
0: It makes sense. Here's the thing, you know, Naj, It's like the Arizona job was Fish's first as a head coach in college or pro, right? So that's what I like. I like that, right? Because he's got all this wealth of experience. We've talked about uh, offensive coordinator for like the Jaguars and. Um, a couple other pro teams at Michigan as well in the college ranks. But yet, he, so he's 47. He's got this wealth of experience, like 15, 20 years, whatever it might be. And yet, he's still an up-and-comer in the coaching ranks. Right. That's rare. It's almost like he doesn't have the winning that Kalen did as a head coach. Like Kalen was a proven head coach winner. He's been the head coach Even if it was at places. the NAIA level and all that stuff. Right. It doesn't matter. He won. Right. And, and, he, and he proved that. Right. Um, but it, it's similar, and then it's a unique resume. It's not like. The guy who's been like bouncing around from this to that to this to that, you know what I'm saying,
1: yeah, i, I see what you mean. I, I mean, who would if not fresh who 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 else? I saw question. some
0: names which were silly because you know, like people are like all Lance Leopold from Kansas is the front runner. Well, no, he he never was. yeah, Jedfish was the only guy who got a second call for this job, okay, so but somebody Sounds like but Leopold has similar similar, not quite the same similar resume. To DeBoer, as did, you know, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. So there were guys out there that made sense just from an outside perspective looking at it. Sure. But the more I see it and the more you see Fish interact and like people can go, like, oh, he left Arizona. Well, that's, that's the business. The way I see him interact, watch some games, which you have to do. You watch him, his demeanor, at practice and stuff. I think he's going to do well. And I think that he's the guy. He's the perfect fit, not just based on that resume. But Troy Dannon seeing this guy and seeing, like, okay, this is a guy I want to lead our kids and try to stay as close as possible. It's to what we just saw this last year. I
1: just, I just, with all this happening, just fresh off the natty, I have gone from remarkably confident. And, and the Huskies into I mean, like I said, we both thought that the Huskies would beat the Wolverine. Yeah, and that definitely. I didn't. really did think, they and were. I and I did too. And that definitely I even did
0: in the third quarter when it was seventeen ten. I thought
1: they were going to find a way. Well, they were very close for a long time. They were very close for a long time, but the physicality of the the, the Wolverine just kind of pull away. And a little parentheses, we talk about the Alabama job. I'm going to mention this guy also a little bit later. I was almost sure that Dan lanning was going to go. I was nearly positive. It made, yeah. it made sense. It made too much sense, I guess. But that's the one person who's licking their chops right now. Yeah. I mean, obviously we know what the history between the Ducks and Oregon, where the Ducks and the Huskies are, but I I, I just feel like they're just like because <laughs> <just preparing, laughs> they're both being the big ten. For sure, so, man. Along with Michigan. So I think first thing, he knows he's got his his um his work cut out for him. I think the first thing he definitely needs to do is keep Will Rogers on the team. That's I mean that that and Austin Mack,
0: I mean, Will is your yeah. Before DeBoer left, Huskies had this vision of grandeur, and rightfully so, I saw it as well. Where where Will Rogers, tongue twister, um, your starter next year, you probably have a really good season. You're in the mix for the new 12-team playoff. But then you've got this kid, Austin Mack, who's still only 17 years old after his freshman season, and he's 6'6", 225, and you watch him at practice, and he's just a stud of a quarterback. He's in the portal now. I would put a priority on him as well. But, the, you know, here's the thing with that, Naj. Like, I, I think those would be top priorities. But let's not forget there's other things here. Like, you know, Noah Fafita, the freshman quarterback at Arizona that Jed Fish had. I mean, the Wildcats were kind of struggling a little bit early on. I mean, they won games and whatnot. Then they put Fafita in there and they go on a tear. Going on
1: a tear, yeah. And
0: they clobber Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. I yeah. mean, that there's nothing to sneeze at there. So I think that uh, there's a lot of routes this can go. And it'll be super intriguing to see what Fish does. But I'll reiterate what I said earlier. I think that Troy Dannon did the absolute best he possibly could in the situation he was dealt. And I think that Jed Fish, there's a reason why as soon as DeBoer left, everybody, whether it was us here locally in Seattle or the National College Football Analysts, were saying Jed Fish was like right in their short list. There's a reason why. He makes too much sense. Right. He knows the West Coast. He's going to hit the ground running recruiting. He he even knows Seattle from his time here, right? So I think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, Crazy, weird, unfortunate
1: even situation. Let's see what he does, though. I just think that no one in college football, pro football is different. No one should expect a coach to be in a situation, even if the situation is a winning situation for long. Yeah, don't get attached. <laughs> Do not, not anymore. A, not anymore. But well, I mean, even Harbaugh, they just Harbaugh, they just won the Natty at Michigan, and everyone's kind of already put him in a Chargers uniform. Yeah, or a Chargers uh, headset by now. You know, it it just it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, I'm sure guys at Arizona thought that Fritz would be around for a little bit longer. No, you know, it's just it's, Any, there's, there's yeah. levels to this, and 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 in, in college football, and I just. I think this past week was a definite example of that. And it stung
0: based on what we saw. And like I mentioned earlier, it felt like Kalen was a guy that really would stay here for the long haul. Yeah. That, that's what I think it was gutting about it. Yeah, As the Alabama chatter picked up, I really felt like, well, it's, he's not going to leave you dub. He's not going to leave you dub. Like cause I, I talked to the guy every week. I wouldn't say we're like friends or something, right. but I feel like he's genuine and I'm not saying that he's not because he left, but I really felt, and, and I really do think he does love it here. I think that he, he really just went the business route. Like we talked about his stock never being higher and Alabama being the job, right? It used to be maybe Notre Dame, but now it's Alabama as far as like the best job in
1: football. I mean, it's a great job, but like, do you want to come after Nick Saban? <laughs> That's a lot, too. But
0: here's the thing. And I actually did like a, a little interview with the station down that way. They said, why why will Kalen DeBoer do well at Alabama? And I said, his demeanor. He's so even keeled. He's so calm. He's so cool under pressure. Right. The example I gave, which I could have given many, you see him on the sidelines. He's, he's not that he's not emotional. He's emotional. Like when Michigan got away with 12 men on the field in that punt, he was angry. Like he showed it. But when you want to look at why Kalen DeBoer will be, if he is successful at Alabama, it's look at that apple cup. You're tied mm. at 21. Fourth and one at your own twenty-nine yard line.
1: A sick call, by the way. And
0: he, and let's think, <laughs> just to go for it just is one of the gutsiest calls you ever see. Because if you don't get it, you're giving Washington State a game-winning field goal, and your season's over. Your season is done.
1: You're not even getting to the playoff. And you're
0: not getting point. to the playoff. No. You lose to Washington State, and it's not a knock on them, but they, you know, they had a losing record. Or I guess if they won, it would have been six and six. You don't get in with a loss to a six and six or whatever team. No. no. But so the guts to go for it in that situation. And not just go for it, but to call like an end around essentially, <laughs> like it's not really an end around, but it's an option, like jet sweep, whatever you want to call it type play, man. I mean, that's Kalen DeBoer. He is a master. And he, you know, he said he and Ryan Grubb were talking about it during a, like, a, and and the more they talked about it, the more they enjoyed it. And it's just, it's something that, um, when you, that's why I think he'll do well. And that's why I think he did well at UW, but, uh, yeah, you just don't replicate that, and I think going forward, Nash. The question is, what is Jed Fish's quality like? That time will tell, I guess.
1: Time will tell. He's got to get some players. <laughs> I've got to say, yeah, you yeah. Know, as someone who you know, I lived in the South for quite a while. I used to work in Pensacola, Florida, and I'm. I most of my friends who watch college football are big Alabama fans, and I had to call a couple of them I had to a couple of them because they were in dire straits. Let me tell you something. Y'all have a dude with onions, okay? You, you guys <laughs> definitely have a guy here, okay? But let me tell you this, Nika. I just feel like, and just because they're used to success with Nick Saban, I mean, pr- prior to Nick Saban, they didn't have quite that much success. Let yeah. me just say that. But I think, you know, I, I, I think maybe a, after a year of maybe not making out of the first round of the college football playoff, I think there'll be some questions, you know, because they're used to winning. It's know? Alabama, man. It's Alabama. That's yeah. the thing. So you just have to remember just like, okay, you know, eight wins could cut it at UW, and you probably won't get fired. You know,
0: yeah.
1: Nine wins, back to back years, it could, it's doable. And in Alabama, there's no way. There's no, no. way. Absolutely no That's way. That's the thing. He could have
0: gone eight could, and four the rest of his career at UW, and he'd he'd still have a statue.
1: He could be fine. He'd be completely fine. But you he, go, he
0: goes eight and four in Alabama the next two years. He's done. He's
1: running. He's being run out of town. You know, the the head coach of the University of Alabama's football team is up here, and the governor of Alabama is here. Yeah. In that order, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, that's just how it is. So wish them all the best, I suppose. What a um, crazy week though. Gosh. Yeah. And not only that, Nico. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Hawks. Yeah. Are not playing in the playoffs right now. No. That's unfortunate for everyone involved. Um, Also, they're losing their gum chewing. I hate this. Their gum chewing guy. The guy who's been at the forefront of this team for over a decade since uh, a long, long time. And Pete Carroll as the head coach. And let me tell you, I was I don't want to say I was was I shocked. Were you shocked? Are you shocked? Yeah. Well,
0: I'm here. Here's the thing in in the big picture. I'm not entirely surprised just because you heard some like maybe rumblings that could happen when you talk to people behind the scenes and that sort of thing. Um. I'm shocked from the standpoint that somebody of Pete Carroll's stature and success they won more than they lost this year too mm-hmm. even if it's not quite to his standards right They didn't look great most of the time the fact that on Sunday and Monday he was sitting there saying, yeah, yeah I'm gonna be back next year I'm fired up, let's go and by Wednesday they're trying to play off this whole mutual departure thing I, that stunned me because
1: you don't think it was mutual?
0: I, I no it definitely wasn't and Pete alluded to the notion that Pete said it on end. ESPN radio locally here in in Seattle, he said that, you know, it was a decision made by non-football people. It was a decision that they couldn't quite see his explanation. Like he basically debunked the whole, like, uh, we've mutually agreed. Like it it definitely didn't appear to be mutual. Maybe it was mutual after they said, you know, X, Y, Z or something. But, and I, I, and I just think Pete Carroll deserved better than that. Um, Listen, you, I may be eating these words next year.
1: You think, okay, go ahead. No, no But I, I
0: think depending on who they hire, I think they're in for a rude awakening to see how much Pete Carroll was the glue to help, held this thing together. That's not a knock on any player. I love a lot of the guys in the Hawks, obviously. um, and, and I think that they're super talented and I think they have a lot of talent there, but I think that we're sitting here. I think there's a, <laughs> a very good chance we're sitting here next year being like, man i wish pete was still here you, and you, that's not and i don't mean that because we don't know who they're hiring yet right like that's not a knock on dan quinn or whoever they end up hiring i'm sure they're gonna get somebody that looks really good they but. cannot
1: <laughs> hire dan quinn i'll tell you guys about why in a couple seconds, yeah here. please do yeah,
0: but yeah. um I'll, I'll finish this point by saying that pete deserved better he's one of the best coaches ever he's still a damn good coach and i i don't like the way that went down and i think that Pete got the absolute most out of those guys. Yeah. Was it perfect? No. Was there losses? There shouldn't have been. Of course not. This was not a good season by a stretch, but that said it wasn't a good season and they were still a Packers loss from the playoffs. Yeah. Or they were still a, you know, 55 yard field goal against the Rams from making it right. Yeah. Despite yeah. not doing their best in, bat- you know, battling some injuries and things of that sort. So I, I, I don't like the move. I'm not entirely surprised, but I don't like it. And, and best of luck to whoever's next. And, you know you give them the benefit of the doubt whoever it is but I, I just hate all how this all went down you
1: know some people kind of bring attention to you know the hawks celebrating at the end of their season with cigars just that just signifying that sure. the season i guess the, and the julian daughter,
0: loves uh, newborn it was to celebrate that too yeah
1: but you know when your season ends like that you only really want to take pictures of people smoking cigars in the locker room and i think a lot of that is like okay is the locker room has the locker room been lost prior to that you know what was the situation like inside the locker room you know i'd be the first to tell you that the schedule makers didn't do the hawks any favors this year they played <laughs> a lot of good teams this year um which is good they want to be a good team um i i, I think it's hard to say because i i think you would talking to a lot of hawks fans they're like okay we've had a lot of success um one super bowl championship yeah i would consider that a lot yeah. yeah a that's the pinnacle. Wins. I mean, yeah. people dream about that. A lot of playoff wins. It's like, okay, well, you know, it's time to close the book on this chapter. I mean, this Pete Carroll is not exactly a young man, but sure. he is, he acts like one though. And I think that's why he may get a job here um somewhere else. I think he'll coach somewhere else. Maybe not this season, but definitely maybe next year, I think. Yeah. Um I just feel like the city has a lot to owe to Pete Carroll. And I think we're we're still hearing about it. Obviously. I mean he he's <clears throat> We've he's announced that he wasn't coming back as coach a a week ago, and we're still talking about it. I I think a lot of people are still kind of broken up about it because for some Hawks fans, that's all they know. Yeah, that's the thing, that's all they know, and they don't know anything more before Pete Carroll, or they have to figure out what to do after him. But and I think I feel for one guy in particular, I feel for two guys in particular Bobby Wagner and Geno Smith. And, yeah. and, you know, when Alfred talked for when we first uh, announced when we were there for that press conference and Alfred talked for Doug Pigsley, he he pushed out and you saw two people in the in the front uh, row. Bobby was sitting behind uh, Gino Smith and they just looked like they were sick. They looked like they were so sick. And I felt so bad for him because honestly, without Pete Carroll, Gino Smith the, is not starting this year. probably. No. no and he's definitely not playing super well. Um, I mean, was that like he's not given the chance. Not like, given they the gone, chance. Yeah, yeah. Not given the chance. That's that's my take on it. But yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Um, so where do the Hawks go from here? Well, there's a lot of coaches out there. I mean, there's a lot of coaches out there, like another legend who just left his job in, the, in a similar kind of way, and Bill Belichick. I'm not exactly sure if he'll get a call back. Uh, get a call back, and you know. To come to Seattle, it's kind of far. He's about the same age as Pete. Maybe run into the same sort of issues as Pete. But I think um, one guy who they could possibly call is still coaching right now, and Ben Johnson, the Lions. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's, he's really good. A really great young offensive coordinator. I mean, you know, the offense needed to be better. You know, but I think the defense also could use some work too. Um, it just depends on where, you know the focus needs to be. But also, I want to point out by saying that whoever they end up getting as a head coach has to look a little bit. Look a little inside. Look in, in inward. Not inward in themselves, around the city at this guy right here. I'm not sure if you can see. Michael this junior like. baby. Yeah, you got it. The Hawks will be drafting 16th. In that's the, in his wheelhouse. And that's right in his wheelhouse. He's
0: an interesting cat in the draft because there's the injury history. Yeah. But there's also people smarter than me, even though I agree with this, that say they've never seen a quarterback throw a deep ball like Mike Benix.
1: I've never seen a quarterback throw a deep ball I haven't like neither. Mike Benix. I mean, I'm it's watching even, even like mostly, I guess, just throwing the sugar ball tape. Yeah. I'm amazed still to this day. He's going to
0: get better protection than against Michigan. That's not a knock on the UW line. That was just how that game went against Michigan. Yeah. You know, and you made a great point kind of given the, 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 the counterpoint to what I was saying about Pete, that the Super Bowl was great, but there wasn't a ton of success since then. And so maybe, and, and so here's, here's the interesting question. You mentioned Ben Johnson, right? Right. Is which direction do the Hawks go with this? Because, you can look at how I said, oh, you know, they went, they didn't have to play their best, and they still went nine and eight, and they were still in the playoff hunt until the final seconds of the regular season. So, do you look for somebody with a similar defensive mindset? We talk about Dan Quinn. You talk about any number of defensive-minded coaches out there. You know, um, McDonald and, and, and the um, the Ravens, and then coaches of that sort. Or do you take a step back and say this has been an identity for a team that, while successful, hasn't replicated the success that we saw 10 years ago and do you follow the trend of the league and like you mentioned with johnson go the offensive route find one of those young offensive minds out there your Kellen moore could be a guy too yeah um do you go which direction do you go do you try to do you try to build on like what's already here keep a similar identity and mindset to try and maybe win two or three extra games and be in the hunt or do you just say you know what we're gonna we're going to start a new year.
1: I, I just feel like what's been happening in, for the Hawks the past two years, they make posts this year. They lost in wildcard around to the Niners last year, right? Yeah. And then we look at the division. The Niners are probably – there's a chance. There's a big chance they'll win the Super Bowl this year. And the Rams made the playoffs. Yeah. And they played very, very well. I, I mean, and they, they did lose to Ben Johnson's uh, – the Lions just past weekend. That's a great point, though, yeah. And I just feel like now is a great opportunity – to kind of like get you a quarterback. There's a lot of quarterbacks in this draft, Um, even at 16. There will be some there, um, maybe Michael Penix. Um, I think there's a good opportunity to link up your new starting quarterback because it probably won't be Geno Smith. I mean, you have him on the contract for another year, I believe. Two another two years, and yeah. he'd be a great mentor to somebody.
0: Yeah, I thought you may remember we talked about this last year. I thought they were going to draft a quarterback
1: last yeah. year, yeah. And actually, simply
0: could've... put, because they could learn under Gino, and they wouldn't be like one of these Jets quarterbacks that they draft second overall and then they're there. done.
1: You're talking about, yes yeah. <laughs> that's
0: what I'm saying. Like, it's happened to Darnold. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying those guys are amazing, but I think they would have been better if they got to learn for I, I do
1: think that the Hawks do need to to fix the defense because I think when you have you know. Teams in your division, like the Niners, who are just so stacked on offense. You yeah, know? So, you know, you look at the Rams' offense. You have Puka Nakua and then C- and Cooper Cup on the outside, and you have Matt Stafford. Who knows how long he'll play? It doesn't matter when you have these guys on the outside. You need to shore up that defense. Does that mean Jamar Adams doesn't come back? I don't know. Maybe. Could. I feel like, but there are, I, yeah, go ahead. But I, I do think if you hire a defensive coach, though, that may be. I, I, I'm so strong on the Hawks drafting a quarterback that I feel like if they hire a defensive coach, I like Mike Vrabel a lot. Yeah. I like him a lot, believe me. But I do think if you hire a defensive coach, the offense is going to be a bit hung out to dry because I think offensively, even last year, I think the offense still looked a bit lacking in some places, you know? Yes, I agree with
0: you. And I think that that's an interesting thing to think about because this roster is very clearly built on their defensive identity. Right. Now, that said, it's not like these offensive minded coaches don't want
1: no and there's still
0: playmakers on offense i mean look at those receivers look at those running backs i think that it could be interesting to see let's say you free up money by i mean i don't know i I, i'm not privy to all the the numbers at this very second but let's say you move on from jamal adams because there are guys like that that um maybe haven't met their potential the last couple years that Pete is just the ultimate consummate leader and believer that maybe another coach would have moved on earlier and I'm not knocking it because I, I really, I, that's one of my favorite qualities about Pete Carroll is that he believes in his guy. And it's why Geno Smith went from a backup to eight years to the Pro Bowl. Like, he's, it's a great quality. But
1: believing to a fault, though.
0: It, right. Maybe it was. Maybe. And, and maybe a new coach steps in. Like, it's a fresh shot of eyes. I like uh, yeah. work on the same like article or paper or whatever it is for so long. And then Najee comes in and looks at it and says, you doing here and here and here. Exactly. Oh, okay. I could write
1: a script all day and I can read it all day, but I'm just sometimes you just look at it too much. I think the Hawks situation kind of reminds me a lot of what Bill Belichick and the Patriots are going through right now. Yeah. I mean, that and now the scale of uh, success and for P, P. Carroll and Bill Belichick are so much different. I mean, the Patriots had an all time, all time goat level coach yeah. as far as how many Super Bowls they won. But after Tom Brady left, I mean, they're still kind of searching for their quarterback. I don't really know. I just feel like the the bond between a coach and quarterback is just something that you need, especially when coming into a new regime, especially after a regime that is kind of like, okay, we're kind of moving past this. We're closing the door on the, the book on this um, on on this book, and then we're kind of moving on. It's just like. I don't know if you do that with a defensive coach. I feel like it needs to be more of an obvious, you know, new guy under center, new guy. I mean, who, who knows? I don't
0: know. I'm going to throw some names out of you that the Hawks have reportedly requested to interview. Okay. You say yay or nay. Okay. Um, fair or foul this week, I guess.
1: Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm laughing at this because you already told me how you felt off camera.
1: Giants offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka. Here's the thing with Mike Kafka. Um, I know the Giants. As you, If you have been watching this podcast for a long time, first of all, thank you. Uh, second of all, you know I'm a Giants fan. I can tell you that the Giants offensively took a big step back um, as far as play calling goes. I know there were some injuries to quarterback, but, I mean, there's not a massive difference between Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito. Right,
0: right. right. <laughs> there's not
1: a huge difference between those two guys and Tyrod Taylor. Um, I would suggest not, only because nothing that the Giants did last year warrants me to think that he should get a head coaching job anywhere else. Yeah. I'll be nice about that.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, and this is the name that we've seen from the get-go, even back in the middle of the season. Yeah. When there were rumors about this, he was the defensive coordinator of the Legion of Boom Super Bowl teams, Dan Quinn.
1: You know, it's a nice idea to kind of, like, chase the past a bit, you know, but this is not 2015, and if you saw the Cowboys and the Packers game, <laughs> Nico, can you name uh, one receiver, name two receivers on the uh, Green Bay Packers uh, team right now? Name two receivers in the
0: Packers? Yes. Um, I guess I would say... Romeo
1: Dubes. okay. There's one,
0: and No Lazard's on the Jets. Hang on. I can Ooh. name
1: I can name one other one, but I don't think. Why I, don't
0: I? Why can't I, Why am I drawing a blank on this?
1: Because they're hard to name. Because I because they're no <laughs> that's the thing. And you know.
0: Any, the friend, Cow- any people listening in Milwaukee or Green Bay are going to be so mad at that. They're going to be so
1: mad at that. But they shouldn't be mad because the Cowboys just got walloped in the no. playoffs yeah, yeah, um, yeah. to the to the Packers this past weekend. And let me tell you, I I didn't watch all the game, but I watched the first half, and I, and I can tell you that it's like the Cowboys kind of forgot how to play defense. They forgot to play offense too. <laughs> but um, and that's a defense that is known for picking, getting interceptions. You know, with Bland and with and with Gilmore and then with Diggs. It's it's, it's a great defense. Don't get me wrong. But is that is? Do you want to just go back to like I don't know? No, I would want a fresh start. I would want a fresh start. That's just me. I don't know.
0: So we're going. We're looking at names that the Seahawks, according to NFL insiders, have requested to interview. <gasps> Who so do you far. want?
1: I mentioned Ben Johnson. I, 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 I mentioned a, Mike Vrabel. You know,
0: I would like Mike Vayrooks. I think Vrabel rather because I think he's done a great job with the Titans. I thought he turned them in from a team that was like kind of an afterthought to making the afc title game a few years back sure i think he's a really good coach i think he'd be a, if you're gonna go the defensive route i, I think frable is the way um if you're talking about offense i'd like one of those young minds like johnson or kellen Moore, hmm. younger new but here's you know one offensive guy that according to the nfl insiders um uh, the nf the uh, hawks have requested interview is dolphins off cor- offensive coordinator frank smith uh, younger guy has more of an offensive line background. How, I mean, Dolphins have certainly surged. Yeah. What do you feel about that?
1: I don't dislike it. I mean, I mean, you think about the Dolphins, you think about speed, but I think I mostly think about the guys that they have, not the, the scheme. Yeah. You know, not watching them play. I mean, honestly, they didn't look great in the playoffs either. But also, they're playing in four degree temperature in Kansas City. You know, um, you think about speed. You think about uh, Devon H. You think about Rashim Rich, Mosher, You know, they had a great quarter. They had yeah. two great fast running backs. Not to mention Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddell. I mean, kinda, the
0: Dolphins are one of the, the maybe the surprise of the NFL this year. Yeah, surprise, ways,
1: surprise the NFL this year, but it's kind of hard to kind of um, equate the success to, they a, had specific to a specific coach to a specific coach. I feel like because their defense was also very solid too.
0: Speaking of the defense of them, they requested Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. Certainly, he was a head coach before.
1: Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Raheem? I don't dislike him. I, I just I, I'm, I'm worried about going defense here. Um, only because if you look, like I said, you look at your teams in the division. You kind of want to be able to keep up with them. I know I mentioned that you want a great defense to keep up with the, the Niners, but then again, you want to score points at the same time. You know, yeah. So I, I don't know. How do you feel about him? He's he's. Well, he's been... I think
0: he's. I like that he's been a head coach before. Yeah, with Tampa. Um, I think that much the same deal with quarterbacks. Head coaches in the NFL get a raw deal. Yeah. I mean, look what happened with Frank Reich. I mean, I don't think he's not even on the list. He, that's the other thing. Coaches that are currently unemployed, like a Frank Reich or Mike Rabel. Um, that you won't hear about it no. unless their agent leaks it to somebody. Yeah. Um, And the Hawks it's not even... like, right. It's not like a current coordinator that they have to officially request permission.
1: So, so that would be my next question. If the, if the Seahawks wanted to talk to Ben Johnson, who's still in the playoffs, they would have to request permission and then they could, I, they can't. Yeah. I don't believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: that's true. Um, I, I I could be wrong on that, but yeah. Well, Um. but I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, how did Frank Wright get fired a few games into Carolina with that terrible team? Like, that is in no way a reflection on him. I'm not saying he's like the next uh, Don Shula or something, but like right. he's a good coach. And like, and, and I just think that a lot of these coaches get really just like quarterbacks in this league. Like, one bad thing happens, all the blame gets pushed on them. Sometimes it's warranted, but oftentimes it's not. And I guess the point I'm going back to with Raheem is that I think he's a great head coach. Yep. I think he got a raw deal with the Bucs back when. And yeah. I think that, um, I think he'd be a really good fit here. Um, if if like we talked about He's earlier, a former DB too. Right, the yeah. route you go is kind of this defensive structure, and maybe you bring in one of those young offensive minded coordinators, and, and maybe you keep Shane Waldron. I don't know. I mean, you know, he, Shane he, Waldron's
1: not a bad coach. No, no, I don't
0: think it's on him, and I think there's a lot of weapons on that offense. Yeah, you know, kudos to John Schneider what he did the last couple of years with all those draft picks. Hey, I think this Hawks team. You know, I say this on the heels of man, like we could be here next year saying like we miss Pete Carroll. Um, but from a personnel standpoint, I think they have the pieces to be special in the next couple of years.
1: Definitely the pieces. I I just I don't know. I just I I don't want to say I feel like the Pete Carroll act got tired, you know, it, it may have been some. It may have been some. I mean, just like the baby, Electric act got tired in New England, you know, right. Yeah. I, I just feel like um, one name that was thrown around a lot last year after the, the chief success. Or is their offensive coordinator former Giants running back, by the way? Yeah, Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, you he's know, in, he, he's in Washington. He's in right Washington,
0: right and don't know that he's even on the list there. I mean, I, he's been a guy that I've looked at for years, and I've looked at him and then said, "Why isn't this guy a head coach?" Right? Sure. You know, and I don't. I still don't know why. Maybe somebody smarter than me can tell, but on paper, he's a great coach that orchestrated some a nice offense.
1: Yeah. Um. Look at what, did look, he have
0: Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and and the, Tyree Kill those times? Yeah.
1: That's the thing, and another by the other logic is that he's you know the offensive coordinator to the Commanders. The Commanders are drafting very high. what's yeah. <laughs> Well, that's year, the other so. thing
0: too. Is like, man, these guys like they they just took Sam Howell last year and started him. I was like, oh, they're going to take a quarterback. What, are they really? Like, you I know, don't think so? Yeah. Um,
1: I like Sam Howell.
0: Now, how about this? Speaking of drafting high.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. um, I think naming, we like to predict scores and stuff. I think naming the next head coach is a little premature right? in the NFL. Like in, in the college ranks, it's a little easier to identify because everybody kind of has the same blueprint. Sure. Let's find that guy who's won or can take us to the next level. Right. You know. For the Seahawks, it could, you don't know what Jody Allen's thinking because she doesn't do a ton of public appearances and things of that sort, and that's fine. I remember
1: when when she first sent out that press release, not press release for that tweet. It was so shocking to even hear yeah. anything
0: at all. Yeah, yeah. So you don't know where her head's at. Like they could be going one of two routes, and depending on which route they go, is the, is the way that this thing is then you can narrow down specifically like we could say right now we're blue in the face dan quinn makes sense of course he does raheem morris makes sense of course he does. <laughs> as, I pa- as i panically you know look saying? at the screen you know what I'm saying? like you can always yeah. link people but you, until you get to that point it doesn't because you don't need to okay like jed fish makes sense in one aspect for you because he's familiar with the area the recruiting ground all that stuff like, head coach of the seahawks doesn't need to recruit no right you know um it may help if he's familiar with you know, the Rams and and Niners and, and that sort of thing, maybe yeah. to an extent, I guess. But yeah, so that's that's why I think it's premature to name our people that we think are going to get the job, though. I think that a young offensive mind would be a good way to go.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just watch. the. You, I mentioned Ben Johnson. You just watch a Lions game and you're just like, oh, he'd be great. Yeah. We talk about quarterbacks. who got a raw deal. Jared Goff is a guy who got a raw he deal. Did. And look at him now amazing amazing beat his old team
0: i actually love that redemption and i like matt stafford but that's I, think a killer that, I, story. I was rooting for golf in the lions in i game. was
1: rooting for golf too i was like that's 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 the i hope they win right the there.
0: super bowl i don't know if they will but i hope they win the super bowl i don't know about that but <laughs> i want them to, i want the lions to win the super bowl i don't i'm not predicting they will but i want that's the team i'm rooting for ah
1: okay okay
0: um but i guess the point i was saying here i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw a scenario at you to run to end this show here today
1: okay
0: because we know the bears are picking first overall and we know they're very likely picking Caleb Williams. Probably very likely. If you're the Seahawks, do you make a call about Justin Fields? And if so, what do you offer that would realistically be accepted, maybe by the Bears, especially if they have Caleb Williams and they're they're officially moving on from Justin Fields?
1: I don't know if they should, honestly. But I don't think it, they I, I, I like. I, I like I like Justin Fields yeah. too. Um, and the, that's why I'm
0: hoping they don't value him as much, and the Hawks can maybe trade for him.
1: His, I mean. What was like 79 this past year. I think he uh broke the uh quarterback rushing record not this year, but the last year. Yeah, um, he's a great, he's a talented quarterback. What do I offer if I if I if I wanted a Justin Fields on the Seahawks, which I think would be pretty sick now that I'm saying, right? honestly. Right? Yeah, um, he's a former number one overall. He, was, he, he first wasn't first round, overall. he was like first, was overall, was the first yeah. round. Now, yeah. uh, you you got to give up a first round pick.
0: I, I think you can get him on the cheap, like on cheaper than that though.
1: If I'm the Bears, I'm not giving him up. And remember, the Hawks already gave up their second-round pick for Leonard Williams. That's true. That's true. I think That's it's going to have to be a bevy of picks, and I think you have to throw in Drew Locke in there. Definitely. Yeah, you probably have to throw in Drew. Um, you have to throw in Drew. I think you have to give at least a first-round pick. I know the Hawks won't give one again. Le- I think they can get him for less than it, that. But it's going to be like two seconds, two-thirds, something like that. You know? Yeah, right, if, right. But I think if you, if you if you give up a first, I think that definitely helps a little bit. Um, you. Can, I could think you can easily
0: give up like a – Third and a, like a third this year, second next year. He's a young, Locker,
1: he's maybe. a young quarterback that started for the past two, three years. Yeah, two years, two years. I mean, he's he's got NFL game experience. I think he'd be going to a better situation. Justin Fields would never have a better situation in any of the years he's played in Chicago than he would have right now. Playing, putting him. That's right my now pipe dream mm-hmm. that is
0: actually somewhat realistic.
1: Why is it somewhat realistic, Nico?
0: If you get a new regime that's offensive minded, yeah. And you want and should you, don't, and you my don't poster. And you don't want to use the 16th pick on Penix or another quarterback, which I would be all for, Mike. I think he would thrive here. Because he already did thrive in Seattle. But
1: yeah. Um I get that. I mean, I don't dislike that. I that's I that's why this
0: podcast will be fun into March and April. That's that's true. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you should
1: keep listening through March and April because we'll keep hey beyond. We'll keep uh we'll keep We got a out cracking team.
0: That's where I'm rapping right now. That the, the win streak was there snapped, but they're still red hot.
1: That's melting the ice, baby. And uh
0: yeah, we got some fun stuff right now. And on the heels of an historic week that's only going to get crazier as we meet the next Seahawks coach, whoever that is.
1: Whoever that is. It might be Nico. It might be Najee. Who knows?
0: Najee Moye. Thanks for your time, my friend. Thank you
1: for your time, Nico.
0: You lo- you were just listened to or watched the Como Sports End Zone podcast. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye bye.